friend and welcome to the Ayurveda and Psychology podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on psychology, I want to speak to you about the concept, the function of stillness. It was suggested to me that I should make an episode on stillness. First, I did what I often would do, start structuring up in my mind what that could look like. Ideas about researching the topic, obviously, came to my mind. And as I saw myself doing it, it made me smile because that is exactly what we do when we cannot access stillness. Stillness is what happens when we don't try. And in stillness, our true essence can come to the surface. The wisdom that lies within us can finally be heard. Not speak, because I believe that it's always speaking, but be heard. Often I find myself in a moment when I feel uncomfortable, trying to resolve it, to find a way out of it, to make myself feel better. And I have my tricks to get there, and I'm sure you have too, of changing how I feel. So I decided to call this episode Stillness speaks, because it's true. (laughs) It allows for what's always speaking, actually, to be heard. But it is also um, a reminder of the book with the same name by Eckhart Tolle. And actually, when listening to him um, speaking about... uh, I think he was speaking about, actually, stillness. He started out... I don't know if you know him through uh, media. He's been around for many years. And I personally find that he's one of the more interesting ones to listen to because he started way before Instagram lives and he has no charisma whatsoever in, in, in the sense that many do, right? So he just sits still on a chair and speaks just like... Krishnamurti would do, which I also find very interesting to listen to. And so in this particular talk that I don't remember exactly what it was about, he started out being just silent. 
And as he broke the silence, he said, it's important to start in the silence. But I did start in silence because I did not know what to say. And that usually scares us because we're afraid of silence. This explains why it's so hard to access stillness, of course. So while I was thinking of the topic, remembering the book and therefore this talk of Eckhart Tolle, I decided that of course what I needed to do therefore was to speak directly, freely from the heart, not to actually prepare and not to write down what I was to say before. Because I think that in this concept of stillness lies really the, the gold that we could all access. And the reason that it's so hard is because it frightens us. The idea of not being prepared so that there is no silence is something that we all encounter daily. But also the idea even if it's not a question of being prepared for something, the idea of silence where there's nothing to do scares us. And this is, of course, why most of us are suffering from the same things over and over again. Because as soon as they pop up, it scares us and we find a way to not be still anymore. In the therapeutic situation, this is very often seen, this discomfort of not knowing and the silence, by the fact that the patient often acknowledges the fact that they don't know what to speak about. More than once have I had someone starting off with, I don't know what to talk about today. And I know that what happened before we started, therefore, was a certain level of stress, let's call it, for not, why not call it anxiety. Almost like stage fright of, I don't know what to talk about today. Why would that be a problem? Because we're scared that it will be silent. And what happens in the silence? Only truly in silence can we access presence. We talk so much in order to fill the void, to fill the space. And even when we stop talking, we are still talking because we're thinking. I would say that stillness happens when we stop trying to fill the void. The paradox is, of course, that our suffering comes from the lack of stillness. I almost want to make a parallel to the idea of abundance and scarcity that we live in. The suffering that we're experiencing on a daily basis 
due to the fact that we live in a perception of scarcity, that there's just not enough, that maybe we will not have, maybe this, maybe that will not happen. Maybe I am not enough, which is, of course, what most people carry around deep down. That makes us suffer, and it makes us take certain actions that we don't want to have, but we have them anyway, because we can't make ourselves trust enough that maybe this scarcity isn't real. Whereas if we would access the perception that would be more of an abundance, the fact that there is enough, the fact that we don't have to stress that there is time, this is where we want to go, right? Because we know that that is actually the healing properties to the suffering that we're experiencing. Yet, for some reason, it seems impossible to us to access the other side. How many people have not asked me, how do I stop rumination, obsessive thinking? How many times have I not asked myself, how can I stop my obsessive thinking? And it comes back once again to that. Scarcity, abundance, or let's say being in the narrative, being filling the void and allowing for stillness to emerge, to come to the surface. Because the thing is, inside of us, if we would allow for the stillness to actually speak, lies a wisdom, lies the knowledge that we just want to access and need to access in order to well, relieve ourselves from the suffering. So in order to illustrate, I think, what I mean with stillness, I would like to share with you an experience, not one, but more than once, of course, well, of course, <laughs> more than once, where I would sit down in the early morning and journal. And I would notice the difference of my state, like my mental, emotional, physical state of being either in stillness or not. I would notice this on what I decided to write in the moment. When I was not being still, when I couldn't access that place inside of me of stillness, I would narrate. I would write about my day or write about what happened there or write about this and that, person, relationship, this, whatever. And I would not, in the moment, be aware that there was a different dimension, another layer. And then there would be other moments where I had allowed for stillness to emerge. And so all of a sudden what I would write had nothing to do with the actions had nothing to do with which day it was. It was more, I want to say, tapping into a quality. And I can understand that maybe it's not clear for everyone what I mean by quality. So how about calling it an atmosphere or an ambience? And there's a distinct difference between the two states. And when you're in one, the stillness one, you can see the other one but you don't have to interact with it. You don't have to interact with it because actually it's not that interesting and it's far less pleasant. But when you're in the other one, that's what's so hard. You can't really see the stillness. You can feel the gap between being 
in a narrative state, non-stillness state and stillness. And you can long for being back in that stillness state, but you can't just switch it on. In that place of stillness, there is an inherent confidence, a self-esteem, if you will, in order to translate it into words that many look for, or to speak from the psychological perspective, right? But I don't even want to call it a self-esteem, because it's not preoccupied with self-esteem. There's no need for it. It's self-illuminous. It doesn't need a lamp to shine on it. It's in the place of awareness. But we're so habituated in being in a different state that we easily snap out of it unless we practice it. What comes to mind right now, since I'm speaking from the psychological perspective, is that the whole goal with the therapeutic process is to allow for the person, or shall I say, that the person allows for it to emerge, for stillness to happen. I do not have the answer, I do not have the solution to what is going on with your suffering. My role is not to give you the 10 how to fix or tell you you were right and your mother was wrong. No, my role is there as a sounding board for your thoughts that come out through your mouth as you verbalize what's going on with you so that they become more tangible, more concrete. Because when you do, you have the possibility to become still. And when you become still, that inner wisdom comes to the surface. So when I say that you actually already have the answer, you already know, and it frustrates you, that is exactly what I mean. I asked, what is stillness to you? And the answer I got was, stillness happens when you're surfing life. Whatever happens, you are aware, and you're aware of your emotions, and you don't rush them. You don't fear, and you accept everything as it comes. And I think that the word fear comes in very handy here, because that's exactly the antidote to fear. And so when we look into the issues that we all have, especially in this world of ever, you know, fat, more faster and faster growing things and everything pushes and goes more fast, we have all our issues coming from a place of fear. And so if we can learn how to bring ourselves into stillness, we have the antidote to fear. So really stillness is this superpower that we all have, but we're generally oblivious to it. Stillness is what happens just before the sun begins to rise. In the early hours of the day, this is of course why in spiritual practices it is recommended to get out of bed at least an hour, I would say, before the sun rises. It's a moment of stillness. They even say that it's the moment when the hmm, filter, let's say, between the manifested world and the non 
unmanifested world is the thinnest. It is when awakening happens, because it is a moment of stillness. So you may ask me now, very well, I'm buying what you're saying, but how do I get there? And especially, how do I get there when I'm really suffering? So let me take the example of myself and when I started out this talk on stillness and how I want to plan and structure and make sure that I know what's going on. I'm trying to change the state that I am in. So you might have noticed yourself that when we do that, when we want to change the state we are in because we're not feeling well, we tend to try more and more. We turn on that music, we go looking for that podcast episode, we switch on Netflix, we'll have an ice cream, a cake, a glass of wine, a cigarette. We might actually have some psychedelic spiritual drug, all of it as a way to change our current experience. Hint, hint, I made an episode on control, our need to control some time back comes back to that. It's perfectly natural to us to want to control our experience and if the experience is uncomfortable to want to change it. So there's no judgment in what I'm saying. This is natural and human. But what I want you to try in order to access stillness when that happens is to stop it all, is to think simplify, simplify, simplify. How can I, first of all, bring stillness into the physicality around me? Stop the noise. Stop the action. Be with what is, first and foremost. And so what happens in that moment is that all of a sudden it seems as if the mind goes rushing. It doesn't. We just become aware of how active it actually is. And when we become aware of the fact that the mind is rushing away, we decide to not necessarily buy into what the mind is occupied with. Let's say, for instance, that my mind becomes all of a sudden then very preoccupied with time and that I need to rush because I need to get places and do things. And so what that would look like if I don't buy into it would be, well, right now, I don't need to be anywhere and I don't need to do anything because right now I'm trying this exercise of stillness. And then I become very focused just on something very simple. Let's say the tip of my nose. Or if I have the possibility, this, this is sometimes hard if you've never tried, for instance, meditation before. But let's say that I become very occupied with physical sensations. So that might look like, well, right now, Actually, I'm sitting on a chair and I have my feet on the ground, barefoot, on the wooden floor underneath me. And so what that could look like then is that I become instead aware of the sensation of the floor under, my, on the, under the soles of my feet. This can be illustrated in so many ways, but one way of saying it would be that by doing so, it's as if I'm bringing that highly active energy down from the mind 
and into my feet. Don't despair if trying these quite simple techniques won't work the first 10 times that you try it. If you've never tried it before, I promise you that it's going to feel unfamiliar and therefore not easy and maybe even uncomfortable to do and you would want to drop out. And that's how we stop doing things that are new. But if you are aware of the fact that because it's a new thing, it's going to feel unfamiliar and you would want to drop out, then you can make yourself stay with it a little bit longer. And the more habituated you become, the more familiar it will feel. The easier it becomes. Before I end, I want to come back to what I said as well in the beginning of this difficulty to find the stillness because we are so afraid of the silence. We're afraid of the silence, just like the patient who starts out with, I don't know what to say today, or not knowing what to respond to a question, for instance, or even just the fact of saying, I don't know, to a question. The reason that is happening and that that scares us is because It's as if we are exposing a flaw, an imperfection. It's as if we are presenting a weakness. So really what it is, it's the fear to be vulnerable. And that is also perfectly natural for us to not want to be vulnerable. Vulnerable means exposing your heart, exposing the potential of being killed. Am I trusting the moment? Am I trusting the other person? Trusting means knowing that the moment or another person, for instance, has our best interest at heart. And we don't always trust that. We might think that we do, but then realizing that we're not completely open for the fear that we don't know how whatever we have is going to land with the other person. And will they use it against us? Will this transform how they look at us and then reject us, abandon us? All of that vulnerability right, lies in our fear of the silence. And all the while, the beauty of that stillness is that all of a sudden being in the stillness allows us to know, to know that we're unbreakable, that we are still whole no matter what happens in the external conditions. Like my teacher, Swamiji Abhishek said, once you have found that, you can go back into the world and wear the mask of the ego because somewhere in the background, the music still goes on. You know where you belong. I am so grateful that you have chosen to give me some time of your day to listen to this episode. Now, this is all done on my free time. There's no money involved in this podcast. So if you would like to support me somehow, I would love for that to happen. And you could do that by simply rating and reviewing. So what that means is that if you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can simply give me five stars review and you can give me a commentary. 
obviously if you feel that it deserves it. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy the listening. Before I let you go, I want to leave you with a short poem of my favorite poet. Some of you, if you have followed me on social media for a while, might even remember that a few years back I used to have a a daily story where I would call it just a daily Mark Nepo, where I would um, take the quote usually that I just found in the book that day because I would read would read it every morning for myself and then put that in a story. So Mark Nepo, strongly, highly recommended. He says, in order to transform, we need to be open while hurting. And what is most important is that I'm open when I'm closed. That when I'm in pain, I recognize that not everything is painful. Access to that is opening our heart. You can't open your heart and not be authentic. Just like you cannot inhale and not breathe. Our heart is the strongest muscle we have. And it's unbreakable and also incredibly sensitive. When the heart is most sensitive, we feel so much that it feels like it's unbearable. But that is when it's the strongest. When things feel unbearable, underneath that, the heart is the strongest. First step is to return to the moment I am in and to open my heart and realize that there is nowhere to go than where I am. Open the heart and let everything in and receive it. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.